Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Steve Davidson with this week's message. Good morning. How are you doing today? I have missed you. Where have you been? Oh, that's right. I've been gone. One of the, one of the advantages of being a teacher is I have to take summer vacation. I know. Took my mother, we camped for two weeks in Colorado, we visited family in, Can- in Colorado and Kansas, and then I got to see my brand new, brand new grandson born, and so I, got, I was away for six weeks. So I'm sorry I've not been here, but it's great to be back with you. And today's question is, how can I truly forgive? Norman Cousins said, life is an adventure in forgiveness. Gandhi said, the, only the weak, or the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. In the last, even in the last couple of weeks, in our current events, we've started, we've had to kind of wrestle internally with this whole thing of forgiveness. All I have to do is say Colorado theater. Why? Why did that happen? What, those people that lost their lives, those people that are are injured, what about that young man? And emotionally, it starts tying us up in knots. Because we, particularly as Christians, we're sitting there doing, we have to deal with this issue of forgiveness and, and what am I going to do with that? Well, Lord, there's, there's times where, yeah, I can understand, but then there's times where I don't know how you can. Forgiveness. All I would have to say is September 11th. Feelings of emotion, feelings of, uh, uh, feelings that just start to wrap us up. All I have to say is January 17th. Well, it doesn't mean anything to you, but I'll have to confess. I stand here this morning as a struggler. Because when I say January 17th, that's the day a young man broke into our home, stole all of our jewelry and electronics, elect- jewelry pieces that I had, had designed for my wife for Mother's Day for her special anniversaries, all of that was gone. And then I found out the young man was one of my students. And I confess to you this morning that I am struggling. I can, I can mentally ascend. I can say, here's what I know to be true. But at the same time, my emotions kind of go like this on me. And then, and then I go ahead and I... Uh, uh, respond to Pastor Ken's request that I, that I teach on this Sunday while they're in Uganda. And I said, sure, I'll be glad to do that for you. And then he hands out the list and mine's on forgiveness. <laughs> and so now I'm going to have to ask Ken to forgive me when he gets home. <laughs> forgiveness. Forgiveness. It's at the heart of the Christian message. When the disciples came to Jesus and he said, Lord, teach us to pray. He gave us the Lord's Prayer, right? What we call the Lord's Prayer. You know it. Let's put it on the screen. Let's say it together. Uh, If you know it by heart, I have one version. You know it varies a little bit with translation and everything. Okay, say it with me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I can do pretty good with most of that. But there's one phrase in the middle that I, really, I almost choke every time I get there. You see what he says? Now I use the one trespasses, the other version uses debts or debtors. It's when we have offended or we owe something to someone. And so here, here's what it says though. It says, and forgive us our trespasses um, as we forgive those who trespass against us. So it says, Lord, here's what I'm going to pray. I want you to forgive me in the exact same way that I forgive other people. I want to change that line. I know you have it memorized that way, but I really want to change that prayer. Lord, I hope that you forgive me a whole lot better than I forgive others. So today's lesson. Today's lesson is this, that I am learning how much God loves me and wants to forgive me so that I can more easily forgive people who wrong me. That's the message of today. Would you say it with me? I am learning how much God loves me and wants to forgive me so that... I can more easily forgive people who wrong me. Let's say it again. I am learning how much God loves me and wants to forgive me so that I can more easily forgive those who wrong me. Okay, take it off the screen. Now, I want you to repeat it. I am learning... And so that good, you're better than first service. I think they were still asleep. I am learning how much God loves me and wants to forgive me so that I can more easily forgive people who wrong me. Okay, now we're going to change protocol. Take out your cell phone. Take out your cell phone. I know the sign back in the first said, turn off your ringer when you come in. We're going to change. Turn your ringer on. I'm waiting. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Someone might call. That's the point. When they call, here's what you do. I'm sorry, I'm in church. I'm learning how much God loves me and wants to forgive me so that I can more easily forgive people who wrong me. May I call you back? Now, I told first service, I said, I am, I've been praying all week that God would cause people that you know that have got to get a handle on forgiveness, that they would call you sometime this morning during this time. Now, if nobody calls, I'm going to teach until somebody does call. (laughs) 
Now, don't cheat like first service. They started calling each other. I said, we're not going home yet. All right? So when your phone rings, don't go, oh, I want you to pick it up and softly say, I am learning how much God loves me and wants to forgive me so that I can more easily forgive people who wrong me. May I call you back? Oh, all right. We're not going home till I'm done then. Okay, you're playing mess with me. All right. So there are four stages of forgiveness. Let's identify them. We need, at least need to know the mechanics of how this thing operates. The first one is the stage called hurt. Something happens. Somebody says something, somebody does something. Something happens in your life, and all of a sudden, it just grabs hold of your emotions. Oh, all I have to do is say January 17th. And it grabs my emotion. It was a sense of hurt, of violation, of it's not fair. I've worked too hard. I've tried to show my wife how much I love her by doing all these special little things that I know she just loves. And all those expressions of my love for her are gone. Ugh. Hurt. The second one is hate. This is when the emotion of hurt translates to the brain and now the brain says, that isn't fair. That shouldn't happen. I shouldn't be treated that way. That's not right. And now it becomes a mental thing. I hope they get their just due. I hope they get caught. I hope I know who that is. Until I found out it was one of my students. Yeah. So hurt is the emotion. When it translates to the brain, it becomes hate. The third stage is that of healing. That's when we ask God's grace to so touch our life that somehow, uh, uh, one of the guys I was reading this, this week said, it's like having magic eyes. That instead of focusing on the present, you can look back and see that person like you saw them before the hurt. And then the final step is that of harmony. Harmony. Once the healing has happened, then there comes that step in which there is a reestablishment of the relationship between the two of you, and harmony starts to happen. Now, sometimes, sometimes you can go through all three steps and not get to step four. Step four never happens. Okay, that's why Paul in Romans twelve seventeen and eighteen says, "Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone." If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. There are times where you can try all you can to try to offer forgiveness to someone else, but they, whether they're just hurt, they're embarrassed, whatever, for some reason it takes both people wanting to work at reestablishing the relationship for it to happen. So step four doesn't always happen. As much as you want it, as much as you pray for it. Okay? So, so now our question, how can I truly forgive? Well, the first thing is to acknowledge when forgiveness is needed. Acknowledge when forgiveness is needed. James 4.1 says, Do you not know where your fights and arguments come from? They come from the selfish desires that war within you. All of us are basically somewhat selfish. We focus on ourselves. What are my needs? What do I need to do? And we run on our own tracks. It doesn't mean we're mean about that, but we just we do tend to be kind of absorbed in our own stuff. And sometimes in the midst of that, I pay attention to what I'm doing, and I'm going down a street, and someone's coming from a side road. They're paying attention to what they're doing, 
and there's no traffic sign at the corner, and we're both, neither one's trying to hurt each other, but we're just not paying attention, and next thing we know, our lives collide. And one or both of us feels hurt. Something happens that causes us to feel the emotion of hurt. And so, um, what are some of the things that cause hurts in our life that would need forgiveness? What are some? It's not rhetorical. What, what are some things? Lying? Cheating? Stealing? Put stealing in there. Help me out. Come on. That's one of them. Hurtful words. What? Betrayal. Okay. See, there's lots of different things. And, and all of us probably consider go, yeah, I've got several right now that are just eating my lunch. Right? Okay. So sometimes there are things that people have done or said. Sometimes there are things that we should have done and we didn't. One time Peggy said, we're going out for that really nice thing tonight. I've taken my, my good dress by to the cleaners. Will you stop by and pick it up on your way home? I got busy. I came home, got home at five o'clock. She said, oh, did you bring my dress? <gasps> I needed forgiveness. I didn't intend on hurting her feelings. She was not happy. She had asked me to just simply do something and I failed to do it. And her feelings were hurt. I'm learning how much God loves me and wants to forgive me so that I can more easily forgive those who wrong me. May I call you back? Okay, because see, when we fail to forgive, we're really the one that's impacted more than anybody. You realize when we don't forgive someone else, okay, I need someone to help me. I need a volunteer. Okay, come on up. Okay, here we go. What's your name? Joe. Joe, you come right up here. I want you to be in the limelight with everybody else. Okay, this is the backpack of life. Okay. You're going to do life, okay? Now, here we go, Joe. Um, now, certain things happen in life. A next door neighbor says something, and it really kind of hurts your feelings. It just took you the wrong way. Okay, but you're struggling with it. You haven't quite forgiven her yet. So one unforgiven occurrence. <laughs> Doing good? Yeah. You can handle that, can't yeah, you? Yeah, totally. Okay, good. All right. Now, your boss at work. These are just pumice. They don't weigh much, right? No, not at all. Your boss at work gets on to you for something, hurts your feelings. <laughs> But you haven't quite forgiven him yet, so we'll add that to the load of life. I'm good. You're good? <laughs> cool. Now, let's see. Somebody at a store won't, won't, won't exchange an item that you really thought was saying, one to exchange, not fair. Okay? Doing good? Doing Joe's doing absolutely great. Yeah. Now, oh, you say your husband. Okay, well, these are the ones for husbands. <laughs> husband, this is the only way they get this big is when it is a husband. Now, let's add this to the... No, I won't do that to you. Okay, thank you. 
You see, when we fail to forgive, it, it weighs down our life. Okay, someone that's, that's hurt you, they're not, going, they're not sitting there at home going, oh, I know I hurt that person's feelings. I know I hurt their feelings. I know. They're probably not even thinking about it. You're the one that's consumed with this, this, the hurt and the hate that comes from those experiences. God may just be in the business of changing people around us. You know that? There's a lot of people that need to know about forgiveness. All right. That's why in Paul in Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, he says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. See, here's the key. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. The only way we get those rocks, Joe, out of the backpack is to give forgiveness. Then we can take it out. Otherwise, we just keep loading life down with rocks. Okay? All right. So now there's, when we find, oh my gosh, life is just getting so tough, ask yourself the question, do I have too many rocks in my backpack? Okay? So there's several ways that we deal with when we identify, when we acknowledge that there are rocks in our backpack. The first one is my way. My way. That means I know I'm right. I'm 100% right. You're wrong. You're 100% wrong. I know I'm in the right. I hope you get what you deserve. My way. Okay? Second one is no way. I'm so frustrated with this. But, but you know, if I... If I deal with this, if I try to address it, I probably will say something I shouldn't. So I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just going to try to ignore it. No way. Third one, your way. I know you didn't mean to. I know, I know you had a reason. And, and, and it's just my fault for getting upset. I know you're okay. You try to excuse everything, every reason why they might have done it, and you don't deal with your feelings, you don't really deal with the issue of forgiveness, you're just, you're just trying to excuse them. Your way is not the way to handle it. Halfway. Well, halfway is better than the first three, but halfway says, yeah, my feelings were hurt. Yeah, I know that you really didn't mean to. Well, can we just kind of find some middle ground here and just kind of move on? Well, it's a lot closer to forgiveness than the first three, but it's still just kind of saying we're not going to really deal with the thing. It's just like we're going to compromise and just kind of excuse each other. I'll excuse you for doing it. You excuse me for being mad and, and unforgiving. Okay. But then the last one is our way. Our way says, listen, I know I've, I've wronged you, or I need to talk to you. When you said something, it really hurt me. And now that we've acknowledged it, we need to look and say, I know you didn't mean to. Let's, let's come to an, uh, an understanding here. I want to forgive you. I know you want to be forgiven for it. Oh, you, you asked for forgiveness? Okay, great. And, and you promise you won't do it again. That's called repentance. And you come together and say, well, boy, I hope we can just, our relationship can heal from this and, and, and our relationship can get back to the way it was before this event happened. Now that's kind of us coming together and working on it. So that's our way or I tell you what, just cross out our and put God's way. God's way. 
So the first thing is to acknowledge the need for forgiveness. The second thing, commit to a develop an attitude of forgiveness. Commit to develop an attitude of forgiveness. Luke 23, verse 34, Jesus from the cross said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Wait a second, from the cross? But God, you understand, you know that when, when that young man did that at my house, God, you just don't understand how much that hurts. I don't. Spikes driven through the wrists, through the central nerve thing that does all the hand. That's where one spike was driven into the side of the cross. Then the other one stretched out and done it. But you don't understand how much it hurts. Oh, so they bent his knees up just slightly and drove spikes through both feet so that he could push up to relieve enough pressure so he could breathe. Spikes driven through your feet. Please, you don't, you don't, but you don't understand how much it hurts to have to try to forgive someone. I don't. From the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. But you know, the, the victory of Calvary was won the night before. When Jesus knelt in the Garden of Gethsemane. Look at the words there. Luke twenty-two thirty-nine to 44. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed even more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. I walked down through the Kidron Valley there in East Jerusalem one Sunday morning. Walked up through the, up onto the Mount of Olives, through the Garden of Gethsemane. There's a little chapel up there commemorating the place where Jesus prayed. On the west-facing wall, there is a big, arched, clear glass window. And as I sat on that little marble bench and looked out, all of a sudden, that came alive. Because I reflected on what I had done the day before. To the right, I could see the ruins of the house of Caiaphas, the high priest, where Jesus was taken for an illegal night trial, where he was strapped with straps up through the archway, and he was given 39 lashings of a scourger's whip. That's like a big bull whip, except it had fragments of bone or hardened leather. So when it cracked, it would wrap around, embed itself in the chest, and shred the body open. I looked, and right in front of me was the temple courtyard where people lost total perspective of what it meant to be a worshiper and follower of the Lord. Right behind that was the upper room where Jesus took his disciples the night before, and they did nothing but argue about who was going to be greatest in the kingdom. To the right of the temple courtyard was the Roman Praetorian Guard, where Jesus was taken. He had a crown of thorns put on his head, a purple robe. They blindfolded him and hit him and said, prophesy who hit you. 
Then on the hill on the other side of the Roman Praetorian Guard was a hill called Calvary. When Jesus said there, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. If he said yes to the Father, it meant going there, 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 and yes, finally, there. That's when the victory of forgiveness was won. Because it was Jesus saying, Oh, if there's any other way than what I'm looking at, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus had the attitude that he was going to be forgiving. Forgiveness is an act of the will, Corey Ten Boom said, because she and her family, Christian family in uh, Harlem, Netherlands, used the back of their home above their jewelry store to hide Jewish people to help them escape Nazi Germany. She says forgiveness is an act of the will. Philippians 2.5 says, Paul says, your attitude should be the kind that was shown to us by Jesus. You want an example of what it ought to be like? Say, here's my attitude. Here's Jesus' attitude. How can I bring those two together and make them look just alike? Paul says to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10.5, take every thought, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. There are times Jesus knows that when that we're going to have feelings and we're going to have hurts and we're going to have thoughts that really do not match the attitude of Christ. He knows that. And he says, when you see one, take it captive, seize it, grab a hold of it, and take it over here and says, I will make it obedient to Christ. You can't say, well, why don't you just come on over here? Let's just seize it, grab a hold of it, capture it. And say, I will make this obedient. I will make my thoughts and my feelings obedient to Christ. So once we've acknowledged it, cool. Take it. You take care of that, all right? We need to acknowledge it. Then we need to say, I must have the attitude of Christ. And third, I must take initiative. Take initiative to offer forgiveness. John 3, 16. What is John 3.16? Okay. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God didn't say, listen, once you kind of get your act together, then I'm going to come to you. No, he says, matter of fact, Paul in Romans says, but God demonstrates his love to us in this, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't say, get your life together and then I'll come take care of you. I know that you've sinned. I know you've hurt people. I know you've done things wrong. I know that you're in need of forgiveness. And even though I know you're in need of it, before I will take the initiative, I'll start this thing. I'll let Jesus die for you. We have to take initiative. Now, I will be honest with you that there are times in which you must do number, you you may need to do number three before you do number two. Sometimes you have to say, I don't feel it, but I must do what's right. I must take the initiative. Okay. Sometimes it's easier to act your way into a new way of feeling 
than to feel your way into a new way of acting. So sometimes two and three may be different. Read a story this week. A pastor had asked an older gentleman to share a little story in their church. He got up and he shared, he talked and he says, I love to, I love to sail. And one day I went out sailing, took my son and my son's best friend. And we went out sailing out into the ocean. And as we got out there, all of a sudden, the waves got up high and the boat started to list. And next thing I knew, the boat was over and it was starting to sink. He said, I looked out, here were all three of us out in the water. I had one lifeline. And he said, I looked out and he said, there's a risk I have that I might only be able to save one. And he said, the man looked and he saw his son. And he said, I know my son has accepted Jesus as his savior. If something were to happen to him, I know he'd go to heaven. But I know his, his friend to his knowledge, had never accepted Jesus. So he took the lifeline and he threw it to his son's best friend. And he pulled him in. Once he got him in and safe, he turned and looked back. And his son was nowhere to be seen. He told the story. After the service... Some young men in the church came up to the old man who had told the story. And he says, I just don't understand that. I don't understand it at all. How could you let your son go and try to save the other? He said, well, the old man in the story was me. And the other young man is your pastor. John, Jesus said in John 13, 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you, love one another just as I have loved you. And by this will all men know that you're my disciples because you love one another. When we interact with people in a hurting world, people that hurt each other and people that hurt us and people that hurt each other, all the hurt that goes on and forgiveness is needed all over the place. God's doing his work. He says, <clears throat> he says, there are people who are, who are hurting. And he says, he says, I want you to be my agent in this world. I want you to answer those phone calls. I want you to start talking to people about forgiveness. I want you to start talking to people about the need for Jesus. I want you to do that. He says, I want my love to so flow through you that people go, wow, there is just something about you. Are you a Christian? What makes you like you are? How long has it been since someone asked you? You know, the kind of love you have for people is just, it reminds me of, of the kind of love of Jesus. What is it about you? Are you a Christian? How long has it been since a non-Christian has asked you if you're a Christian? If it's been too long... How much is it showing? We ought to be the most visible sign of the grace of God in our world, showing forgiveness and showing how to do it, even if we're in the midst of struggling to do it well. Tolstoy says, let us forgive one another. Only then will we live in peace. Now, we talked about the biggest rock up here. 
probably the place where it's toughest to do this whole thing is inside the four walls of our home. Forgiving parents, forgiving kids, forgiving a husband, forgiving a wife. I think one of the reasons is because those are the relationships that are filled with so much love and so much commitment that when there's any kind of violation, it just really, really hurts. That's why Paul, when he was writing to the Ephesians, he said, Husbands, love your wives just like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. When I start fussing to God, why did Peggy do that? Why does she not talk better to me? Why does she do this to me? Why, why when she does that, and it hurts my feelings? Why is it? You know what God says? See, I understand. I'll take care of Peggy. But what I've asked you to do is to love her just like Christ loved the church and gave himself totally for the church. Steve, until you start loving her in the exact same way that Christ loved the church, let's deal with you first. Robert Mueller said, to forgive is the highest, most beautiful form of love. In return, you will receive untold peace and happiness. So the first three, we need to acknowledge it. We need to ask God to give us an attitude of forgiveness. And then we need to take the initiative. And finally, effective forgiveness is almost impossible without being forgiven. Until you've really experienced the grace and forgiveness of God, forgiving others will always be hard. And at times, impossible. It's hard enough when we know the grace of God. Paul says in Colossians 3, 12 to 15, Therefore, as God's chosen people, he's writing to believers. He says, you know the grace of God. You know his forgiveness. You are holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Now, underline this phrase. Forgive, forgive as the Father forgave you. Forgive as the Father in the same way that God forgives you. I want you to forgive those that hurt you. And over all these things, over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ then take rule, be the ruler, the controller, the master of your life. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 3 and 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, Why do you notice such a little piece of dust in your friend's eye, but do not notice the big log in your own? Why don't you first take care of the log in your own eye, then you can deal with the piece of dust in your friend's eye. Some of you are here this morning and you're just checking out this thing called church and Christianity and God and all that. You know, if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, you've never accepted the forgiveness that God offers you. And see, God does offer to you. He does. He offers it freely. He says, here, I want to give you grace and forgiveness. And he stands here today wanting to give it to you. But as just as I'm offering you my Bible, I can sit here and I can offer it to you all day long. But it's not yours until... You reach out and take it. That's what the Bible calls faith. 
okay, God, I know that you can do for me what I could never do for myself. I know how much you love me. You let your only son die on the cross for my sins. You offer me forgiveness and grace to live this life modeled after Jesus. So if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, I don't think it's by chance that you came. I don't even think it's by your choice that you came. I think this is part of God's plan for you. I'm going to ask all, all of us to just simply close our eyes and to bow our heads. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.